Hi, Dad. How you doing? Weston Hanley favorite. There you go. Me too. Amen. You're the first one in tonight. Yeah, how do you like that? Right on. <laughs> you start thing? Yeah, I have a I have a thing that goes off that we're gonna have it and then about that time you send it, so Awesome. Yeah. Dad, what do you know about the Urim and the Thuman? I have wondered about it and never have looked it up. Yeah? Yeah. Can you believe Okay. That? So so it's something it's something that the, the, the priests wore on their breastplate. Yeah, and they the they asked it questions too, didn't they? They asked it questions, and the the literal translation of the Urim and the Thummim is lights and perfection. Say it again. The literal translation is lights and perfection. Oh. I've heard that it's something akin to dice. Nah, maybe. I think it's more akin to the way that we can ask Holy Spirit to clue us in on things. I, I It was a real physical thing that they threw. They cast cast them. They threw them and read them. Really? I I I came up I I didn't think that they threw them and read them like bones. Mm -hmm. I I think it was something on their breastplate that had a physical response to questions that it it literally made lights that it would light up if the answer was yes or no. I, I think it was two pieces. One was no, one was yes, and that it would light, it would illuminate to give them the answer yes and no. <laughs> lights and perfection. Yeah. Was it on their breastplate? It was on their breastplate. But see, here's the other thing. All those priests had 12 stones on their breastplate, one to represent each of the tribes. Right. That was 12. Yes. Hey, guys. And, and so, hey, Aaron. And and so, so whatever this Urim and this Thuman is, it was in addition to the 12 uh, indicators of the tribes. Right. And my mom might be right that it was something removable from the breastplate that they that they could cast, but but I know that the twelve tribe stones. When I was in uh, southern South Miami, there's a big Jewish community there, and they have a they have a museum of uh, ancient Hebrew. Oh, really? And I went into the temple, and in the temple they had actual breastplates. Ah. And and none of the stones that represented the twelve tribes were removable. They were set in the breastplate. Uh, that that is correct, from from my reading. So I I, I feel like I missed. For some reason, I you know well you know I've been um, I think I told you guys already I'm in Nehemiah with my personal Bible study so. Um, that's, that's where I, I got the, you know, the Urim and the Thuman is, is, uh, when they, when they cast out, they cast out the groups that didn't show genealogy as priests. Right. 
and and they said, well, you can't act as a priest anymore until there comes a priest who's able to operate with the human and the th- th- with the urim and the thummim. Yeah. And and so obviously it was something that not every priest could do. It was uh, there was there was there had to there was something special about a priest that could operate with the urim and the thummim. I and thought it, it was the high priest. Well, and 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 I'm going to go because they had a high priest. They yeah. had over forty six thousand there, and they had a high priest. But here's what I think it is: is that you notice that in Jeremiah and in Isaiah, God asks his his prophet. He says, "Should I allow them to inquire of me?" When he's talking about the priests, uh-huh. he says, "Should I allow them?" Should they, you tell me, should they be allowed to inquire of me mm. when he was pointing out their, their flaws, their sin, their, their uh, wrong hearts, their wicked ways. Right. He says, you tell me, should they be allowed to inquire of me? And That's so right. I, I was thinking about that and I was thinking, you know what? Can I have a- so in order to operate in the Urim and the Thummim, you had to have your heart right with God. It had to be something that God said you know what? I'm going to allow him to inquire of me. Right. I, I'm sorry to interrupt, but could someone in, um, enlighten me on what the Urim and the whatever, um, whatever is? Aaron, uh, your phone just broke up like 25 times. Fantastic. <laughs> um, could someone just please enlighten me on what it is that you guys are speaking about? The Urim and the Thummim. It's called lights and perfection. It's something. It's something that the priests would operate in to ask questions of God. They would ask God a question, and God would give them an answer via the the Urim and the Thummim. Okay. And, so- and the literal translation for Urim and Thummim is lights and perfection. But it's not the same thing as like when I'm talking to God and he's answering me straight up and I ask more questions and he's answering me straight up, right? Well, you have Holy Spirit. Ah, so I don't need it. You're under the new covenant with your with with Holy Spirit. I see. They were not under the new covenant. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah, because that's all Old Testament's what you guys were talking about. Yes. Okay. All right. Well, thank you for that. Yeah, I, I dropped in on that, and I was like, I'm so confused. Yeah, we, we even though every one of us would love to have the Urim and the Thummim, because it's awesome to inquire of God, um, but, but I have a feeling, I have a feeling that we have all that same communication available to us through the Holy Spirit, if, under the same circumstances, if our heart is right with God. Because Holy Spirit also is not going to be inquired of when he's been grieved. Yeah. Gotcha. So um, tonight we're in Matthew 25. Okay. Is that right, Aaron? Let me open up my Bible to Matthew 25. Hey, I was, I, I forgot. Okay. It's right next to me though. It's right next to me. Uh-huh. <laughs> don't don't do this to me, Dad. 
You didn't let him read yesterday, Sky. Ah! Well, he wasn't prepared. He didn't have a chance to pre-read it. <laughs> That's right. Where's the Bible that I got for you, Aaron? That's the only one I have. That's the only that's one good. I use. That's that's the one you need. Oh, that's not true. I actually have three. <clears throat> We're just on one phone tonight. And it, and the call is is nice and clear. Yeah. It is it is super nice and clear. Yeah, and, I uh, it was twenty four. I'm sorry. Yeah, we finished 24 last night. That's right. Because uh, it's on the podcast. I posted it as the third final portion. Yeah. Okay, so we are in chapter 25 tonight, and uh, let me pick a victim. Jacob has not read in front of Grandma yet, so Jake's going to read for us tonight. All right. All right, so let's say our prayers first. I totally approve. Well, it's... We're happy to have that approval, son. Lord. <laughs> uh, Father, thank you for this time together as a family to read your word. Thank you for bringing us all together and giving us this opportunity to study your word. Uh, please watch over us as we read your word tonight. Please open our eyes, open our ears. Holy Spirit, lead us, teach us. You are the lights and perfection. You are the teacher. Please enlighten us. Come and teach us. Teacher of teachers. Let us honor you with our hearts, with our eyes and our ears. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Okay. Okay. Pull up right there and get get after it. Okay. 25. 25. Okay. At that time, God's kingdom will be like foolish and Bible the foolish girls took their lamps with them, but they didn't take extra oil for the lamps. The wise girls took their lamps and more oil in jars. When the bridegroom was very late, the girls could not keep their eyes open, and they all fell asleep. At midnight, someone announced, the bridegroom is coming. Come and meet him. And all the girls woke up. They made their lamps ready, but the foolish girls said to the wise girls, give us some of your oil. The oil in our lamps is all gone. The wise girls answered, no, the oil we have might not be enough for all of us, but go to those who sell oil and buy some for yourselves. So the foolish girls went to buy oil. While they were gone, the bridegroom came. The girls who were ready went in with the bridegroom to the wedding feast. Then the door was closed and locked. Later, the other girls came. They said, sir, sir, open the door to let us in. But the bridegroom answered, certainly not. I don't even know you. So always be ready. You know the day you don't know the day or the time when the Son of Man will come. At that time God's kingdom will also be like a man leaving home to travel to another place for a visit. Stop right there. Oil. 
the ones that had um, extra oil for their lamps, they had prepared. And the ones who only showed up with enough to get them into the wee early hours, and they ran out. They ran out of oil. So we do do we all know all of us in our family here on the phone do we all know what the oil represents what generally every everywhere else that that, that the oil is talked about what does the oil represent holy spirit holy spirit amen <clears throat> the oil represents holy spirit and, the, and 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 jesus tells us that if a man wants more if a man wants of the holy spirit let him do what? Let him ask the Lord. That's right. Right? So so if you want more of the Holy Spirit, if you want more of the Holy Spirit, you have to you have to be faithful to ask for more of the Holy Spirit. Yes. You have to faithfully seek more of the Holy Spirit. You have to you have to be full of the Holy Spirit. And the the, the New Testament also teaches us how do we charge up our batteries? How do we how do we uh, charge ourselves up um, in, in preparation for whatever it is that the Lord might call us to do? We charge up by praying in the Spirit, by prayer, spending time with the Lord and spending time in prayer. That's how we charge our batteries. Yeah. Okay? And, uh, and so, so those... those brides and we all make no mistake don't don't start thinking male and female we all are the bride of christ and we're all waiting for the bridegroom to appear exactly and when the bridegroom appears and we say wait a second he's he's showing up but we're out of we're out of oil we have no more holy spirit in us and, and we say, wait, let us go away and we'll pray and we'll fast and, and we'll get right with you and we're going to repent and we're going to get charged up with the Holy Spirit and we come back all charged up with the Holy Spirit and we say, Lord, Lord, let us in. No, you missed the boat. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I think that that also will lend itself this this parable lends itself to what we were talking about last night about the end of days those in the in the 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 rapture that are gathered up and brought in to the bridegroom they're gathered up and brought into the bridegroom these are the ones who had their lamps full yeah the angels went out all over the four corners of the earth they're looking they were looking for his elect and and i believe that in a, in the spiritual sense how did they find his elect because they're glowing because there's a lamp because they could see the lights yep they came and they found them they gathered them up and the ones that that had a, had a had a bushel basket over their over their lamp over their light the ones that hid the lamp under the bed the ones that that were barely had barely enough lit to to barely glow inside their bathroom then the angels didn't see them and they got passed over huh how does how does that how does that correlate with the foolish girls asking 
the wise girls to share their oil. Because because there's going to be a whole bunch of weekly lit Christians that want to get in with the bridegroom based on the Christians who are brightly lit. They want to borrow their glow, their commitment to Christ, their commitment to prayer. You know, they're going to cling on them and try to get in. You're trying, you're trying to get in through somebody else. Exactly. Mm. Like your grandparents were members of such and such a church and that like automatically makes the door open for you. I, I, I think that there are people right now that think that, but I think at the time when Christ is actually um, there gathering and the angels are flying about, people are going to suddenly realize in this presence, I think they'll realize that they're devoid of the oil. Yeah. That they're that they're short. I think that the, that that in the presence of Christ, that 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 those that are short of the oil will know that they're short of the oil, mm. and they'll try to cling. They'll all even right now. Even right now, they know in a church, you, you go into any church, and I guarantee you that every person in that church, the wicked and the good alike, they all know who are the ones that are full of oil. Yeah, I believe they do. They all know who are the ones that are full of oil. They all know who has oil to spare. Every one of them knows it. They won't admit it now, but I guarantee you when that's the criteria of getting them onto that chariot with Jesus, they're going to be running to them. Yeah. Yeah. Why? I feel like I lack, and everybody in the church just flocks to me. That's right. Well, that's that's the ones that have extra oil. And why why do we feel like and 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 I also am always feeling like I lack um and I believe that's the reason why um the faithful will have extra oil because they always feel like they lack. It's not enough. I I I would never sit outside the gates with what I have thinking I have enough. I'll just sit here and wait. Cuz I feel like I lack. Okay. I need more. Yeah, and that's the truth. I need more always. It's the ones, the ones who are going to run out, the ones who are going to be sitting there found wanting, will be the ones that were content with what they had. That that they decided what they had would be enough. That part has always been a fear in me. Amen. Yes. Amen. In the in the in the ones that brought extra oil obviously realized that wasn't enough. Yeah. What they had might not be enough. That's right. So so they um, share because they they couldn't afford to share. Right. Well, if I give you what I have, then I'm then I might run out. I, I right. you know, and 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 uh in some circumstances, we say, we say just like Peter, gold and silver, I have none, but of what I have, I freely give. Do you freely? Yes. <laughs> that, is, that, is, that is to me one of the needs verses. So it's not wrong to feel unworthy? Uh, no, none of, none uh, of us are worthy, uh, son. 
Well, but that's not true because Jesus died on the cross to enable us to be worthy, like through actions and whatnot, of course. But aren't we supposed to be worthy? We are worthy, but not in and of ourselves. In and of ourselves, there is no righteousness. righteousness. Exactly. No, not one. I don't think that's what he's saying. I, I get it. I'm just making sure that he... I'm just making sure that he doesn't carte blanche the answer. Because the carte blanching the answer is the dangerous part. He's right. right. He's ab- Aaron, you're absolutely right that our righteousness is in Christ. But, but to say that we're worthy in and of ourselves or, 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 or that, see, we're worthy because he is worthy. But Jesus said that of God. No, yes. oh, no, all right. Worthy except God. Yeah. So we're worthy by the grace of God, but it's okay to feel unworthy. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, but I that doesn't play I, into any part of us not trusting in God or anything like that, right? It's, it's not, it doesn't a, play any part in us like, oh, well, I just don't believe that. As long as you understand that in Christ, that's why you put your trust in Christ, not in yourself. We can't come before God with our own righteousness. We can't come before God with our own worthiness, but we can come before God anytime, all the time, washed white in the blood of our Lord Jesus Christ. Right. And that's why we, that's the whole point behind why we put our trust in Jesus Christ, not in our own righteousness or worthiness. Are you are you are you are you I'm I'm feeling kind of like what you're saying, Aaron, like because we we are the righteousness of Christ. Right. We are. We are. And I don't feel like we should feel like we are unworthy. I feel like we should acknowledge that we are nothing without God, but since we have God and we've died with Christ and we are brand new creatures, we are the righteousness of God. We are the righteousness of God, but salvation isn't a light switch. Salvation is a process. It's a journey. Yeah. Even, even the apostle Paul ran the race. He finished the course. He right. ran it all the way until he died. That's right. So, so, so the salvation is a process. It's a journey. Right. It's not, it's not that one second we don't have it and the next second we do. It's a journey and a process. We engage into the salvation. And then when we choose to take up our cross and follow Christ, we take up our cross and follow Christ. But even Jesus said, whoever turns back is not worthy to be my disciple. I think it's like this, brother, like whenever I would call you and I would be or we were texting with mom and dad and I'm like, well, I did this and I feel so bad and I am this is the, this is who I am. And you're like, that's not who you are. So when I look at myself, even though I'm in the process of being sanctified every single day, I need to see myself as clothed in the righteousness of the Lord. That's absolutely right, Mel. Now there, there's a nugget right there. You're getting it, gal. That is it. So Apostle Paul, what he said was, he said, he said, even though I do what I don't want to do. Right. Okay. I do the things that I don't want to do. And the sin that's there is not the sin that I want to commit because I want to be good, but I do the bad things. 
right? But he, right. but he said, nevertheless, it's not the sin that is me. It's the sin that's in the flesh. It's in the body. It's the body that wants to do those things, and the body isn't me. Right. Paul said, okay. Paul said that we are being saved. Yes. Right. It's a process. Yes. Right. It's a process all, all right through to the end. Right through to the end. Yeah. But yes, you're you're the, the separation, the distinction that you're making about about that those that that desire to do wrong, that is a fleshly desire and that flesh not you. And once you can engage in the in the idea that we are spiritual beings and that flesh, that flesh is what you what what you're going to spend your lifetime learning to control that flesh, to put that flesh in subject in, in subjection to the Lord Jesus Christ. That that is your mission. Your your mission personally at the at the core of you is to control that flesh. Yeah. Put that flesh into submission. Train it like a like a wild horse. You're going to put that flesh into submission. And external to that, your your mission is what Christ called us to do, share the gospel. In the first part of the sixth chapter of Romans, Paul talks about, no, you can't do that as a child of God. Then he talks in chapter seven of things that he does. It's hard for me to even believe because he's such a right man. Uh, that he was doing things that he didn't want to do. And then in chapter 8, he says, we have the victory. Yes. We have the victory. Well, it's like, this reminds me of what we're talking about right now. I don't know if any of y'all are have heard about God doing a work in Kanye West, right? And he has given his life to God. The problem is, he doesn't have anyone around him that's knowledgeable and truly teaching him. He has a bunch of back padding yes men all around him, you know. So Christians, people who are professing Christ, are cursing him and doing awful things instead of praying for him. That's and, a, um, I, I feel like that's because of pride. Because as Christians, we're too afraid to say we made a mistake. So they're too afraid to be like, oh, well, that's that's a radical change. And then later on, if it turns out not to be, we're too afraid to be the people that are like, oh, well, he was talking about God. I got excited, but I was wrong. Dude, I think that that is right. I think that that's that's a lot of it. But I'm praying for this man and for his family, because if our feet, no matter where we are in our walk, if our feet are are on the path and we are headed toward Jesus, he he is the, the author and finisher of our salvation. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I don't know. These people are. Well, there's they're um, full. And then on. um. I, understanding that um, Kanye West doesn't really have much back support except for Yes Men, but he spends every night reading the Bible while his wife watches TV. Right. Did you see that? That is awesome, right, though? He's he's learning. So the Lord is teaching him, regardless of yes. the people that he's surrounded with. That's right. So I just think that the sanctification is 
It's just the process of it. Jacob is a Kanye West guy. He's been listening to all the Christian music from Kanye West. And uh, and I and I and I yeah, Christians are the first ones to judge everybody for what they've done before in their past. Right. Let's we can use me as a perfect example. My my mom and my children, they're quick to forgive me. But, but, but we have members of our family that can't stand to talk about God around me because they, they don't want to be grouped. They, they can't, they're kind of taking the position that, well, if God is, if God's taking sky, then I don't want any part of it. You know? Are you, are you serious? So, so the, the and, and I'm not saying this to, to put them down. I'm saying that this is a common misconception and a problem amongst Christians that, that we, Jesus said right from the beginning, I didn't come to save those that were perfect. I came here to save the sinners. So, so of course, in the, in the worst of the sinners, that's where you're going to see the ones that Jesus reached in and saved. That's, that's the ones that you're going to see Jesus Jesus made the most profound impact on. That's that's the ones that you're going to see that that also feel the greatest amount of debt, indebtedness, and loyalty to their Lord. Also, they have the best testimonies. The most broken people have the best the best testimonies. Well, and yeah. The same as the the flip side of that coin is true too. Jesus gets the best testimonies; they're not ours anymore. When we give ourselves to Him, they're His. The yeah. testimonies are, and 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 right. I and I know that that. Well, the saints will overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. So when Jesus loads the cannons, He loads for bear. Yep. Yes, he does. So, Dad, you want to pray us out? Yes, I do. Let's let's put it up. We thank you so much, Father, for your love. Thank you, Father, for the many years you've given me. Thank you, Lord, for our future. Because our is in you. And everything we do, Father, to be representative of your love and your grace that others might receive that power, that love, that grace. And Father, as we sit here think, thinking about Con, Con, yeah, Conway, right? That's close enough, yeah. God knows. That Lord, he'll be a light to those around him. Amen. And so now what we pray for our Lord for this man is that you give strength to hold up and not to give up. And Father, we ask you, Lord, that he'll be the best witness there in California, Lord, right where you are. And he'd bring a great testimony. And we just ask, God, that you strengthen him. 
we we pray tonight, Lord, for the president of our United States. God, that the power that you have given him to take all the hits and all the talks against him and to stand and stand firm. So, Father, we just pray for that strength. We pray for protection. Protect he and his family. That no armed against them will prevail. Yes, Father. You would touch all of our senators and all of our congressmen, our judges, our school teachers, all those, Lord, who sit in authority. God, move in the hearts of those to know you and to be guided by the Holy Spirit instead of Satan's rule. That's right. So we come and we tear down every wall, every fortress that Satan has built in high places, in powers, all the rulers of darkness that he has sent forth. And God, you break down that wall. Tear it down, Father. And in the name of Jesus, I demolish all these strongholds. Ask you, Father, to guide and direct and change this nation, Lord, to where people can be one to Christ. And, Father, all the false teachers that are out there in the churches, some of them mega churches, Father, that, God, they're teaching false doctrine. And we pray, Lord, for you to give freedom to all of these, Lord, that they might truly preach the word of God in its fullness. And we just give you praise. Thank you for this opportunity, Lord, that we have of coming together. And I ask, Lord, that you will bless all of our children, all of our family. You would lead us, Lord, to be the witnesses that we need to be, regardless of those around us, that we stand firm to the end. We pray it in the name of Jesus, Lord. Amen. Amen. Have a blessed night. You guys as well. Um, hopefully, Tannis will be joining us soon. Good conversation tonight. That was solid. Folks are going to yes. enjoy that. Good yes. night, family. Love you. All right, I love, love you so too. much. God bless y'all. Bye-bye.